If you are looking for even more help and guidance on your breakup, I have a few different options for you to take your healing to the next level. I have four different online courses depending on what stage of the breakup that you're in from beginning all the way into moving on after heartbreak, or you can bundle all of my courses together and use the code podcast to get $25 off my course bundle. I also have my 30 day no contact challenge to help hold you accountable in going no contact with your ex. And we have our free Facebook group, Healing Hearts Club, where you can connect with other people going through breakups all over the world. To learn more about any of these resources, head to the show notes where you can learn more about my courses, take the quiz to figure out which course is best for you, or join the Facebook group. And don't forget to use the code PODCAST to get $25 off my course bundle. Welcome to the Heal Your Heartbreak podcast with your host, Breakup Bestie, aka me, Kendra. Breakups are hard, but you don't have to do it alone. Each week, I will be taking you through a different topic as it relates to breaking up, healing from heartbreak, growing in your single life, dating, and getting back into happier and healthier relationships. The goal of this show is to provide support, hope, tips, and to remind you that above all, this too shall pass. Welcome to another episode of the Heal Your Heartbreak podcast. I have another guest on today. Today I have Katie H., who is a relationship and intimacy coach, as well as an embodiment teacher. And the topic we are discussing today is all about intimacy and vulnerability and how that helps with healing from a breakup. I get messages so often from people who are really feeling this intimacy void because of the breakup, whether that is physical intimacy or emotional intimacy there just feels like there's this giant gaping hole in their life. So I wanted to bring Katie on to discuss what is intimacy and how is vulnerability so closely linked with that. And I think one thing you'll find in this episode is the whole notion of physical intimacy is is really small when we look at the whole picture. So so many of you who believe because you don't have that partner anymore and you're missing the physical intimacy, that doesn't mean that you have lost all intimacy. So we explore how do you have that relationship with yourself? How can you cultivate intimacy in your friendships? And we also discuss why having a personal vulnerability practice is so important, not only in your single life, but also moving forward into future relationships. Katie also shares part of her story of going through a divorce and how she was able to switch her mindset from thinking a partner is everything, providing all sense of worth and companionship and intimacy and how she was able to flip that and see that it all really starts with her. So this is an incredible conversation. I learned so much from it. And this is definitely a personal journey that I've had to go through in learning how I can cultivate intimacy with myself. And I've learned the power of vulnerability, not only with other people and sharing what's really going on with me, which is so key to healing, but also how do I have a vulnerable relationship with myself? And I did want to give one little warning before we get started. 
I talk very briefly about a traumatic experience that happened when I was in my teens. I share about sexual trauma in a very, very general way, but I did want to give a warning for anyone that does not want to hear about that. So without further ado, here is Katie H. Well, welcome, Katie, to the Heal Your Heartbreak podcast. I'm so excited to have you on today and chat with you. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And so for people that don't know you, can you tell me a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yes. So I am a relationship and intimacy coach. Um, I've been practicing a little over two and a half years. Um, I live in Los Angeles, but the sweet spot for me is really working with women and sometimes their partners, but we work together to, um, establish a new understanding of themselves. So I have kind of a combination of like masculine, feminine education and dynamics teaching. Um, and we, I also have a combination of like sociological aspects. I teach, um, dialectic behavioral therapy and, um, and then I also just believe truly in the power of connection. That's so beautiful. I feel like that's such a, that's such a need, like that would be such a need for me when I was single and also like, you know, in, in a marriage, you know, cause I feel like there's such different, I've faced so many different issues in terms of intimacy and relating to other people, connecting to other people when I was single. And then it's like a whole new ballpark being in a really long-term relationship. Yeah, so I, like I, mean, I always so like to think like either you're doing the work outside of a relationship when you're single or you're doing the work in a relationship when you're partnered. And so either way, you're doing the work, you know, and you don't have to be in a relationship to be doing this work. And I think that's such a good message for people listening to remind you that just because like it's not that everything changes and everything go, gets simple when you're in a relationship. It's just different. It's like different issues and different things to work through. I think so many people think that once they have the relationship, then everything goes away. And that's absolutely not the case at all. And I'm sure you can see that with your clients. Totally. Yeah. I mean, it's all the beliefs that we have around being single or all the beliefs that we have around being in a relationship. What does it mean for you to be in a relationship? Does it mean that you're I was talking about this the other day on Instagram. Like, does it mean that suddenly you're worth more because you're claimed? Does it mean suddenly that, um, you know, you're fixed or you're whole because you're in a relationship? These are all the things that we receive messages about and kind of micro doses day to day, not only from society, but, you know, with our family, especially like certain family cultures depending on what your, you know, ethnicity is or what your background is, or your culture is emphasize being in a relationship more than others. But, um, or like, what does it mean to be single? Does it mean that you're like an old maid? Does it mean, you know, for women, it means something very different than it is when you're a man. So, yeah, you know, yeah, it's such interesting. It's such interesting work. And what, you know, what I wanted to bring you on to talk about today is this whole idea of healing using like through intimacy, because I think, you know, and we'll talk about this later, but 
so many people that I talk to that are going through breakups think that because they don't have a partner anymore, that means that they don't have intimacy with other people or they're, you know, kind of just left alone. And that's like a huge void in their life. And I think not only was I so excited because of your expertise, but also you have a very personal journey with all of this that, you know, I wanted to talk to you about too. Um, so the first thing, and I know this is by no means a simple definition, but how do you define intimacy? I think it's a practice of, um, and you talked about vulnerability quite a few times, you know, like in our prep for this, but like, um, it's a practice of allowing someone to see you and accept you through the practice of vulnerability. You can't have intimacy without vulnerability. So in, and intimacy is not just sex at all. Like that's, no. you know, that's, that's something that, you know, and that's a question I have later on for you, but oh my gosh, the rewiring that I've had to do on, on intimacy is, is mind blowing. And it's like completely changed how I relate to my partner and how I relate to my friends and myself. And I remember someone said, uh, like intimacy is into me, into me, I see, right. Me, you see. Yeah. Into me, you see. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I thought that was so beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Like, so, and I know you want to talk about the types of intimacy, but, um, you know, there are, there are definitely different types of intimacy. Um, but I think like the, I think the most potent, the most powerful type of intimacy you can have is the one with yourself. And so that's really what I teach women to do is to get just like solid, super grounded, super filled up in, um, in our own lives and our different types of connection and our sisterhood and our, our day-to-day day in day out practices that keep us alive and full and radiant and, um, nourished, you know, so that when you do experience a breakup, that your whole life doesn't collapse before your eyes, that you also have other things going on that fill you and, and define you and identify allow you to identify yourself, you know, instead of like it just being that one person. That's actually like what happened. This, that's what got me into this work is that that's what happened to me. And it, you're like the breakup expert. I see you every day, like <laughs> talking to the camera about this. And every single time I see it, I'm like, Oh, that was me. That was me. That was me. Um, but yeah. And like the thing that got me into this was when I got a divorce, like I did not know who I was because everything was wrapped up in my marriage or my partnership with that person. And so, um, yeah, I think the intimacy with yourself is really the sweet spot. Yeah. And, you know, going back to, you know, your story of getting into this, I'd love to hear, I guess, you know, what was, because I think a lot of this stuff, I mean, it's a big jump to go from, I get my worth, validation, like happiness from another person to actually, no, I get it from myself. What was that turning point for you? Oh my God. Well, mine was a, such a volatile situation. My, my story is uh, not your average story. And I don't really want to spend time talking about yeah. it 
Um, but it was just so incredibly volatile. So it initially was me kind of saying, okay, it's like either I die here emotionally or I, it, and my son also would like watch his mom kind of begin to deteriorate. Um, or I have an opportunity to step out and kind of reclaim my life for myself because I knew something was up, but it was so foggy at that point um, that I didn't really know what that was that you were talking about. Like it was such a process of me finally stepping out, finally, you know, it, it was little micro, you know, doses of change yeah. for me. It, it happened over time. So you know, finding my own place, learning to live on my own, learning to pay my own bills as a single person, learning to multitask, being a mother, working, finding a job that was fulfilling for me. And I made so many mistakes. It was unreal. You know, I think um, oftentimes I think that people get so tripped up with the amount of time it takes to heal. Yeah. You know, like we think that it's going to be one day we're just going to say like, oh, I feel so much better now. I feel like I'm totally over him or her. And the fact is like the grief comes in and out. Yeah. And I, that's probably the most common question that I get asked is like, when am I going to stop feeling this way? Or when do I know if I'm healed? And you, you were so spot on with it's, it's a process and I think we sometimes forget to celebrate the the little milestones of oh I, I oh it's been a week and I haven't I haven't cried or this is the first time that I've talked to you know another potential partner and didn't like have a you know didn't like freak out about it afterwards or this is the first time I've enjoyed being in bed by myself. Like all of those things are huge milestones um, in the healing process. And I, I think you're right. We, we get so tripped up at this like crazy finish line that feels really far and we don't know when we're going to get it instead of, you know, these little milestones that all add up to, to something really big and important. So I love that you touched on that. And the other thing that you said that I think is really powerful is, and thank you for, for sharing, you know, that's that story with us, you know, someone who's in a relationship that's not ideal, you know, we get the question a lot of like, why, why did I stay? Why like this anger towards ourselves? And it's like, when we, we don't know what we don't know. So when you don't know that there is a relationship with yourself available that can provide love, worthiness, all of that stuff. If we don't know that exists, we think we're walking into this empty void of nothingness. You oh know? my gosh. Yes. It's so scary. And like you said, you don't know what you don't know when you know better, you do better. Those are like two things I just live by. And so <clears throat> Yeah. And so the opportunity to cultivate a healthy relationship with yourself is supremely important. It's the fundamentals of having a healthy relationship or else yeah. you're literally taking yourself 
and you are wrapping yourself in a bow for another person, you're handing over your happiness to another person and saying, okay, like do what you will with this mess, you know? And we we forget that we have, you know, I spent so much of my life liking who liked me that, you know, that was like the only qualification. (laughs) Oh my God. You just have to like me. That's it. Yeah. That's it. I can't be discerning or picky or have standards. Yeah. I don't have any power to choose, but if you like me, I'll like you. And, and honestly, it was like the, the point where I, you know, started dating someone that just really liked me. I had very low self-esteem at the time and I was very like, I didn't want to date them, but finally I just I'm like, all right, I guess we're dating. And then I got broken up with by him. And I finally had this moment where I'm like, what am I doing? You know, (laughs) like, I didn't even like this person in the first place. And yeah, so I'm like, okay. Such a great reckoning. (laughs) Yes. And that is not to say that, you know, that was like the big turning point for me, but it was one of the, and I think we also don't appreciate the like seeds that get planted. So, you know, if I, if you watch my stories and, you know, I'm saying like how important no contact is. And then the next hour you reach out to your ex, like that's not a failure. You still have that like seed planted in your head. And it's kind of like, you'll do it when, you know, sometimes like you'll have something pop up that someone said six months ago and you're like, oh yeah, that's right. So just realizing that it's such a, it's such a long journey and it's, um, filled with, it's messy. It's filled with a lot of, you know, yeah, I mean, things resonate when they resonate. It happens, you know, not everything is going to hit the mark when you hear it, you know, God, wouldn't the world be so much easier if just like you heard something and it like clicked in all the places and then you just implemented it and life was grand, you know, but Yeah, those seeds that are planted, it's so crazy. When I, the first relate, like first like relationship, air quotes, that I had after um, my divorce was it like knocked me out. It came like, I never thought that I would like love again or find love or like enjoyment in anything. And after, so this person comes in, we have this like very fun kind of new relationship and I was a total hot mess inside but like it wiped me out so hard that um I the only solace that I had was to podcast like from morning to night and I drove a whole lot for work at that time and so I would just I dove into like Mark Groves and um and like all kinds of different breakup podcasts and just I remember feeling like a sponge and being like, okay, I don't feel like this right now, but one day, like I will feel the the fog clear or I will feel, you know, like I won't have to stalk his Instagram because <laughs> it's like a whole other category of crazy rabbit hole. <laughs> um, and, and, and it did, it took like so long for it all to implement or to land with me, but eventually you know, you get to those places where it feels so much more clear. You feel like you have much more control over your life. It takes, I mean, breakups take you out of control, you know? And so like, it takes you a minute to find the steering wheel again and to get back in the driver's seat of your own life. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think 
like the whole, I get messages from people a lot that they're like, I'm listening to the podcast. Like I'm doing the work. I don't feel better. And it's like, yes, that's a, like, that's normal. You know, like well, they're coming I, from the drug, like that's another thing is, yes. you know, breakups or relationships, you know, like um, intimate connections hit the same centers of the brain that actual drugs do, you know? So we're getting like all of these hits of like dopamine and serotonin and neuropinephrine and like for minutes, vasopressin and oxytocin for the bonding after we're physically intimate. And then, you know, we develop like this trust and our day in, day out, we have this relationship that starts to form with our brain chemicals and then all of a sudden someone takes that drug away and it literally, it, we're going through a chemical withdrawal. And so that's why we don't feel better right away. And so it's almost like you have to say, okay, like I'm going to put myself in rehab, you know, yeah. for like a solid year. And just like, how are all the ways that I can give myself tons of TLC? And there's also this other spot. I know we planned on talking about like opening this puppy up like a little bit later but there's also now okay (laughs) (laughs) so there's also so much shame that comes along with breakups that I think it's very easy to shut down in that spot where you say like this is so painful for me and I you know and very often we start to turn on ourselves like I woulda coulda shoulda was I not enough why did this happen Um, if there was cheating involved, there's just like so many levels of shame and judgment that go along with um, breakups that I think that the best healing that can happen through breakups is in community. So that's like the easiest place to shut down, but in alchemization of shame and healing through connection, we have, we're forced to, we're called to, or invited to be vulnerable with others. And that's why I think it's like the best thing to have a group, some kind of group, sister group, sisterhood, group therapy, um, talk therapy. I did DBT, which is dialectic behavioral therapy. It was tremendously helpful for me. Um, and I've talked about it on other podcasts, but it just was like the thing that helped me get over the hump of, um, of shame. So yeah, and this is a perfect piggyback because this is coming out the week after my, you know, support system episode because I could not agree with you more the importance of I always say like there's there there's really not much more powerful than you sharing something with someone that you're so ashamed of and they say, "Oh yeah, like I felt Me that. Too. I've yeah. done that. Me too." It's it's honestly, I mean, you know, in my process of, of getting sober, I can remember exactly where I was and when it happened, when I got sober and I had all of these things that I was so ashamed of. And like each time someone else said that they experienced that too, it was like every time it was like wall come down, walls coming down. Like I can open myself up. I'm okay. I'm not a bad person. Um, it's, it's really so, so important. Yeah. And I think, you know, you touched on it a little bit with, with vulnerability, but you know, I did not know vulnerability and intimacy were so closely 
related. I mean, to be completely honest, like I thought intimacy was, you know, like just having sex, having sex and like, you know, nothing before or after or anything like that. And, and I think vulnerability is the key to that. So I think breakups are this amazing, I think breakups are opportunities for a lot of things, but I think especially they're a great way to almost force us into vulnerability and that can have so many payoffs. But can you talk a little bit about how that forced you to utilize vulnerability and how you, you know, help your clients with that too? Yeah, absolutely. So, so I think that having a personal practice of vulnerability is really the sweet spot. It is the most courageous thing that you can do is to use vulnerability in times that you don't particularly feel like it when you're feeling tremendous shame or guilt or judgment, or it's something that needs to be kept a secret. Like Brene Brown talks about shame as being um, held in three areas, secrecy, silence, and judgment. Mm-hmm. And so like opening up those three is, is, um, really is like the recipe for vulnerability. First, I think either you can use vulnerability as a manipulation tactic, or it can be like the deepest practice of devotion that you have to yourself. Because really what it's saying is, um, I trust myself enough to allow you to see this part of me. Right. And then like, but if we're not conscious that we're doing it for ourselves, then, and we're doing it in this unconscious way, it can feel very manipulative. Right. Am I touching on this question? Yeah. (laughs) No, no, this is great. And I think, you know, I've never thought about it like that, but I've 100% been the person that like on the second date with someone like tells them like everything, but I'm not doing it for, like I'm doing it because I think that's going to bond us together. Really? But it's yes, false. yes, totally. I think every woman can resonate with that. Yeah, like we because we use emotional banter um, as a way to bring someone closer to us, right? With people who, for the most part, are probably very emotionally illiterate or like not emotionally fluent. Um, or available for it, or even know what we're talking about. (laughs) Yes. And so in that, um, there's like, you can, there's so much room to play victim in that role. Like, oh my gosh, I opened up to him or her. Um, but like, I've, I've said like, I can't believe he was such a dot, dot, dot. I opened up to him. I can't believe he dropped me or didn't respect me or used it against me, blah, blah, blah. When really, like, if I knew myself well enough and I had practiced being intimate with myself and getting to know myself, I would have been able to feel that that was not the right time, place, person to share that with. That's what I call, like, finding the spot. Like, was it really the spot for you to open up in that moment? Was it the right, did it feel like the right thing for the appropriate thing to do in the moment or were you using it as a manipulation tactic to bring that person closer and I think that applies to friendships too where and just remembering that like when you're sharing 
that you're struggling after a breakup, if you're being vulnerable by, you know, opening up to a friend there, like you really have to let go of the expectations of what they're going to say, do feel, you know, cause it's like, they don't, they don't feel the same way we do. We deal with things differently and just remembering like it's for you. And I've learned that like in the 12 step community is like when I share in a meeting, I'm sharing for me, like I'm not sharing it for praise or connection or sympathy or anything like that. It's like when we speak up, it's, it should be for us. A practice for yourself. I love that so much. I see, I mean, we're, we're not taught that. No. And especially as women, we're not taught to hold that amount of space for ourselves and, and have that confidence and have that practice of opening up for us and that's why I just think that it's like the best thing to do is to is to be in group settings vulnerable in group settings it is the key to healing and what would you say I guess two questions what would a normal vulnerability practice look like necessarily? Like what are some practical ways that someone can start incorporating that into their life? Yeah. So I think like anything, vulnerability exists on a spectrum. You can go like super vulnerable or you can, um, or you can take things, um, a little lighter and a little bit more digestible and a little bit more sustainable over time. And so I always think like, I look at the people or the environment or the person in front of me first just to kind of assess what their range is so I think about range as like where you're willing to go with it so or what someone's actually capable of and so that's how I sort of assess how to connect through vulnerability is like if I'm talking to one of my friends that usually is very lighthearted, very um light and bubbly kind of is more surface level there's nothing wrong with that but you know, like doesn't like to go super deep all the time with me, then I'm not going to ask her a question like, um, tell me about, uh, a place in your life where you feel the most shame, like, yeah. no, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. So I adjust the, um, the depth of vulnerability according to that, but usually a really easy practice for that is to do an, an what I call an inside out. And that's just like the prompt for an inside out is right now I'm feeling it's super simple. You can either make it more somatic and body-based like, Oh, right now my hands are really cold or right now I have a terrible headache or I have to pee or whatever it is, you know, or you can go more emotional. Like right now I'm feeling really nervous about this meeting that's coming up or right now I'm feeling like I want to hug you. Or, right, so you can kind of like take it wherever you are, but it's a really good practice to have um, with friends, but also in a partnership with, in a romantic relationship. And I think, yeah, I, I love those. And I remember, you know, just the big shift for me in when someone asked me if, like, how are you? I didn't just say, oh, I'm good. Like, I wouldn't like unload on everyone, but, you know, if I wasn't feeling great, I'd be like, yeah, I'm doing okay. You know, I'm doing okay. Like working through this. And, you know, my like first response isn't just to always say that I'm good. And that was a big shift for me. And, and I think too, 
the ability to be vulnerable in a partnership, a lot of that has to come with knowing yourself. Cause it's like, how do I even know, like, how do I learn how to identify my emotions? Like, you know, for a long time, it was like, my chest is tight. What does that mean? So good. I'm so glad that you brought that up. Yeah. And so like that prompt can take you you know, more somatic based, more body based. I believe that your life and all of your experience lives in your body. And so having physical sensations is just the emotional transmutation experience, right? So if you can identify sensations in the body, then you can usually follow that thread to get to the emotion that you're experiencing, right? That's why the right now I'm feeling is so helpful because if you can say, like you said, I have tightness in my chest or my cheeks are hot or um, I have flutters in my tummy, it means, you know, you're feeling a little anxiety, you have some nervous energy, maybe you're excited. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, like tightness in my chest and butterflies in my tummy just means I'm excited. And so then there's like a ding, there's this light bulb moment where you start to have a deeper connection with your body. And that's really, I mean, I teach through movement, but also through this exercise as well. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What would you do if you had unlimited time and energy? As you're navigating your breakup, I know your energy can feel low and it can feel really difficult to complete everything you need to in a day. When you're emotionally exhausted, it's especially important to be really clear on what your priorities are and where your energy should be invested. Therapy has helped me in the past figuring out where I should be putting my energy, whether that's career, friendships, relationships, events, which in turn has helped lower my anxiety because I don't always have to feel stretched thin or behind. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash heartbreak today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash heartbreak. Are you looking for a guilt-free way to unwind? Between balancing your breakup, work, and just functioning in your day-to-day life, I know you are under a lot of stress. Breakups mess with your nervous system, cause obsessive thoughts, and make it so hard to just sit with yourself. This is why it's so important to have rituals that allow you to treat yourself in a healthy way. And this is why I love Recess Mood, a sparkling water infused with functional ingredients like stress-balancing adaptogens and mood-lifting magnesium. Life has been very full and stressful for me lately, and as someone who hasn't had alcohol in 11 years, I need something that helps me relax and that can bring me a moment of peace. Lately, my favorite way to do that is sitting on the couch after I put my kids to bed and having either the strawberry rose or the lime recess mood. They not only make me feel good, but they also taste incredible too. So whether you're looking for a healthier alternative to alcohol or a way to make you feel more balanced, you deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com slash heartbreak and get 15% off recess mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. And I know you posted on your stories the other day, Body Keeps the Score, which is like next on my reading list. I'm so excited to read that. I think that's something that I've discovered in the last couple years of realizing like I was always someone that got like anytime I was sick growing up, it was like strep throat, something with my throat. 
And I realized I never speak, like I have a really hard time speaking up for myself. So my throat's blocked and that's why, you know, and I have thyroid issues, which is in my throat. It's just, it's, it's so wild of how our bodies really do know what's going on. And I, I, I shared this on another interview, but when I was in my abusive relationship, I was having my my body was like screaming at me that mm-hmm. I that it wasn't the right thing to be in and I didn't obviously didn't see it so you don't know what you don't know but afterwards it was like oh yeah this is why your stomach was crazy and you had all these other health issues it was your body trying to tell you something so and I think absolutely I get asked by people like, how do I start journaling? And I loved what you said is like, start by journaling and just being, you know, saying the room's cold. I have this thing today, like start wherever you can. And then as you do it, you'll be able to, to go deeper. Right. Absolutely. I mean, I like, so we're working with the feminine. I mean, mostly, I think most of your followers and the people who who are listening here are, are women or people who identify as women. Am I correct? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so when I'm talking, when I am, I do a lot of masculine feminine dynamic training and education. So when we're working with the feminine, like this thing does not just like, we can't like put a gun to our heads and say, okay, open up, you know, (laughs) I think about the feminine, like a candle, like we have all of these like dynamic tones and florals and, um, fragrances and they're complex but you have to put a little heat to the wax in order for it to like slowly start to melt and for those things to start to come out and so you know depth and trust and feeling safe enough to open up and be vulnerable those things those things happen through connection and over time so yeah start with I see a white wall. My feet feel cold. And then, you know, in time, in your own personal unique time, everyone's is a little bit different. Yeah, you'll start to open up and feel that depth come out through your journaling or your or your movement. Like I teach feminine movement. You know, women will start like, I don't even know how to move my hips. And then by like the third or fifth or seventh class, they're like, whoa, this feels so amazing. I didn't know my spine could curve like this. I just love the stretch and you're feeling like their chests opening all the way up and things like that. So it happens. And if you you guys aren't already following Katie on Instagram, I will put her handle in the show notes, but I love watching your videos. I think it's just, there's, you know, and that kind of leads me to the next question of like, but I think, you know, our bodies getting to know our bodies is so important with getting to know ourselves because it's obviously a huge part of us. And, um, and one thing that I get asked a lot with intimacy is people will say that they really obviously miss like the physical intimacy with their ex. And I think that was a big message I wanted to get across in this episode is, you know, I think you've heard so far that intimacy you know, we haven't really talked about sex once, you know, since we've gotten started on this, but what are some ways that people can practice intimacy without a partner, whether that's physical, emotional, whatever? Absolutely. We're taught to only have intimacy 
if we have a partner, right? But then self-pleasure or self-intimacy is like very deeply shamed, yeah. right? And when, so a lot of this is an alchemy process of kind of rewiring, unlearning, and then relearning how to engage in intimate practices that really truly are nourishing not what we've been taught or what we've been handed down or what's hereditary shame that we've you know taken on as our own um but so i am a huge fan of self-pleasure i think it's like the best way to get to know your own body and to develop a relationship of trust with your hands with your intuition Um, I think the way that we are with our own bodies as women is the way we are out in the world and in relationships. And so, um, everything that, that we're experiencing in the world is just a mirror image of our own relationship with ourselves. Right. And that goes back also to our own relationship to being intimate with our bodies, with our genitals right? With our breasts, with our curve, with our trauma, with our stretch marks, with our cellulite, with our dimples and our weight and, you know, all of that stuff. So I think that, um, I'm, I teach my clients how to have rituals. Um, so like feminine rituals. And most of the time that includes like, um, a bathing process that feels really delicious to you and setting the ambiance and then creating a nest for yourself. And, and a nest is like blankets and pillows, or maybe it's on your bed or your couch or on a yoga mat or on sheepskin rugs or candles or whatever. Um, and allowing time for your body to open up and then like creating warmth, creating safety with your hands and your body and really like just dousing yourself in love and approval and affection and compassion for what your body has been through. Right. And then I think that it's important to experience pleasure with yourself. You know, I love that. And I think the whole, I mean, there's so much, unfortunately, there's still so much shame, especially I think for women with, with self-pleasure and, and being able to, cause I, I mean, I know for me and, you know, this is kind of jumping into a new question with like how this can also help with trauma um, is like creating that safety and, you know, speaking for me personally, I had a sexual trauma in when I was 16 that I didn't even look at for 10 years. I just didn't want to look at it. And what that resulted in was like, I didn't feel like I had any relationship or control over my body. So it was almost like no matter, even if I was with someone who was loving and kind and caring, I still felt like an object because I didn't have any trust over my own body and you would think that like and obviously I went to I went through a lot of therapy to get to this place but you know reaching this place where like I felt like it was my body again and I think even if people haven't been through sexual trauma you know we all have traumas and hurts from past relationships where we don't have that trust level 
with ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I think, you know, you said like my body became my own and it took a while for you to realize that. And I think for, you know, it's one in three women who have experienced sexual trauma, one in six men. It's huge. You know, women are talking about this now, men, not so much. So the process of healing is often, it starts with a reclamation of your own body because, you know, like (laughs) owning it, it is so normal to have stretch marks. It is so normal. (laughs) It is healthy. It is a hundred percent of women have cellulite, you know, like we have to reclaim this system of ours. Yeah. And just thinking like the difference in who you're attracted to or who, you know, who is attracted to you, having that positive, loving, vulnerable, intimate relationship with yourself versus not because, you know, I can speak very clearly to this just, you know, in my own experience, but like, when I didn't do that, any guy that would sleep with me, I like felt this huge emotional connection to because I'm like, they're giving, you know, they're like, they want me in my head. I'm thinking I'm like undesirable because of X, Y, or Z, my weight or my, you know, these, I have a big, you know, big forehead or like, you know, any of these things that like I grew up thinking. So the second that they showed me that kind of affection, I was like a magnet to them, you know, whereas trauma bonding. Um, I love like Mark Groves talks about eroticizing our pain and that's such a great example. So we like to eroticize our pain, you know, like you had this, this trauma inside that was, you know, someone has violated me or entered my space without permission. And I don't know any of the details, but, um, or objectified me or um, crossed my boundaries without permission and taken up all these places where I didn't own in myself too, Um, maybe. And then we abandon ourselves from there. And then we attract people who are like magnets for doing it over and over and over again. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I, it like, it got to a point, so so crazy to look back, but it got to a point where I remember I, this was before I got sober, so I'd be like out drinking at a bar. I'd have like a one night stand with someone and literally like the next day, like I would tell my friends that like I met someone, like literally, like I literally thought this was a relation, like the beginnings of a relationship, like as if I were taken out on some like five-star date the night before when it was like, I met them at a bar and slept with them. And that's what I thought. It's, it's just, it's so wild to me that that's, that was my frame of mind, but that was all the conditioning. That was the framework that I had. I still hadn't resolved this trauma. Um, and so doing all that work now, obviously things look very different. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I mean, God, if I had a penny for every time I've heard stories like that, you know, we do so many things. We twist ourselves into pretzels in order to be claimed by someone else in the places that we truly, really, the thing is that we need to be claiming ourselves in. You know, so we exaggerate or we pump up stories or we um, 
eroticize or, you know, all the things we do in order to get love. It, no, it, and it's, and it always, always, always comes back to, to us. Um, yeah. And I love those practices that you shared. And, and I think, you know, we all have our own paths to figure out like how we can be comfortable with our bodies and be comfortable with, you know, even I think there's, you know, an intimacy in like, I'm trying to think of an example, but like, me learning that I really enjoy certain things. Like, you know, I'm, you know, I'm someone, I love puzzles. Like, that's great. I love that about me. But, you know, getting to know all those little things about me that are super special and like make me who I am. Um, And that's really powerful too, because I know what I bring to people. Yes, I know. One of the exercises I was doing um, a manifestation around, um, love with to be magnetic. I don't know if you follow her on Instagram, but it's well, like, we both have our common friend Heather, who we oh my god, yeah. love. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. where I get my to be magnetic from. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know if I could mention her here, but yeah, yeah. Heather's amazing. Um, Heather Whitaker, if yes, <laughs> definitely worth a follow. Yes, yeah, it's crazy. She knows, so she's like one of my sister's very good friends, and then her and Danica know each other and you guys know each other. And then, yeah, that's how we're all kind of involved. I know it's so fun. So she was my coach and we were doing a block love and she was like, um, well, one of the exercises was like journal about what you bring to the table, you know? And I, I, I do this work. I am a professionally trained like licensed you know and I found myself like a deer in headlights I was like uh (laughs) dig deep girl dig deep you know so it is something that you kind of have to continually practice to keep kind of that engine warm and revved up all the time this is why I think feminine practices should be at the cornerstone of what we do day in and day out like foundational practices you know, that keep us in connection with ourselves, like yoga, meditation, being creative, uh, self-pleasure, being in sisterhood. um, All of those things, I think are such great practices that get us to that point where you say, this is what I bring to the table. Like, I love dark comedy, or I love, you know, I can do British accents quite well, or, um, (laughs) you know, I have a dream of doing stand-up, or you know what I mean? without that discovery, you just, you don't really know what you bring to the table. Yeah. I actually, just this year I started, or this last year I started, I have this list on my phone of like things Kendra likes and I'll like, once I think of something, I'll put it on there. I'm, Cause I'm, you know, I'm someone that I always tried to buy high heels and like boots and like all these things. And I'm, I'm like, I love sneakers. Like I wore sneakers on my wedding day. Like that's something that I love. So I like wrote it down on the list. Cause it's like, okay, this is what Kendra likes. You know, and that's, and that's okay. Um, and then my last question for you, you know, talking about the concept of sisterhood, which I think is so important. And I had, um, I sent this to you an email, but I had this mentor once tell me that like, I would never, not, I would never, but I would have a really hard time having an intimate relationship with a man until I could have an intimate relationship with a woman. Like oh meaning this is the best question in the whole. Yeah. World. And so I think 
especially when we're single, like we have this amazing opportunity to practice vulnerability and intimacy with friends that are so safe. And so, you know, can you talk about that? Yeah. Okay. So I love to open this one up. Um, I think that like trauma is a given of being a human being. It just is. We all have our own trauma. It all exists on a spectrum. It, you know, (laughs) it could be physical or sexual or emotional or whatever. We all have trauma, but there is like this very deep spot where, um, I feel like there could be so much, uh, um, like we could stop. What's it called when, when you're trying to, (laughs) uh, like not cause damage control. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we can create so much damage control around future trauma by working with how we were traumatized by the feminine as young girls. So go back to like how we were traumatized as girls in school. We were body shamed. Boys were taught they were pussies. Um, Women were taught that we had to be a certain size or we were made fun of, or we were told that we were a slut or whatever. And nine times out of 10, we were taught that from other women which means there's like this huge wound in the fabric of the of feminine, right? And so what happens is like we have those those very formative we, we experience trauma in those really formative years as girls. And then as grown women, we like take that wound or those group of wounds and into our relationships and if we're talking about a heteronormative relationship, we hand it to our man and we say, "Okay, fix this." this wound, this place where I was taught that I was too fat. I was too ugly. I was a slut. Um, you know, and I have all of these subsequent traumas that were formed from that one area and I'm going to give it to you so that you can fix it so you can validate me so you can tell me I'm okay or lovable again or whatever. And so Um, having a practice of being in sisterhood and being vulnerable in sisterhood is such it's alchemy at its finest. We're going back to the root of where the trauma happened. And that was with other girls. I'm like speechless because I never (laughs) made that connection with, you know, I mean, I had, I had a lot of trauma with, you know, girlfriends growing up became like the guy's girl you know and like I remember when I got sober they were like you need to make friends with women and I'm like no I'm good but it was because like women force you to be vulnerable they don't force you but like they mirror vulnerability so I did we're like bloodhounds you know even when you're not being vulnerable we can like smell that there's like something going on you know So women are feminine geniuses in emotionality, you know? And so like, you have to, you have to be, you have to touch in with your emotions in order to practice vulnerability. And in that way, the feminine leads here. I always say like the feminine brings the heart, the masculine brings the consciousness, but the feminine brings the heart, um, putting ourselves in sisterhood in connection with women who are also very much experiencing that same 
shame and trauma and grief in their own experience of being a woman is pure fucking power. It's pure fucking power. It's like we then get filled. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I have done so much healing through my girlfriends and, you know, my sisters and, and even now being in a marriage, I will tell you, like, I don't really think my marriage would be what it is if I didn't have my friends. Cause like they feel something really, really important to me. And like my, my husband, even through all this, you know, through the quarantine, he's like, I think you need to like go spend time with your friends. <laughs> Cause like, it's a, it makes a big difference. Um, yeah, I was told when I was pretty young um, that like you can't, you know, one person can't, you can't expect for one person to fulfill all your needs. Yes. And especially, you know, that's what I think this whole like, um, you complete me kind of, or like I'm whole because of you. I'm like, gross. It's so outdated. What are you talking about? It's so, oh my gosh. I talk about that all the time. Like the missing, actually, I just wrote a post that's going up later today about like the missing puzzle piece kind of a yeah. thing. It's just, that's not. A thing. I think it takes a relationship with yourself. It takes a relationship with community and then the romantic one like should be the, you know, like the cherry on top. Yeah, totally. That is a huge burden to place on someone. Yes. And I think it's hey. Esther, Esther, I can never say your name, Esther Perel. She talks about like yes. how we expect our partners to be our confidant, our best friend and our partner in crime and our biggest motivator and our cheerleader and the person that's going to help us grow and like all this stuff. It's like, it's exhausting. Like no one can, not one person, like no one person can do that. And I think one thing that I've gotten from being able to be like intimate with myself and vulnerable with myself is like, I know where I need to get certain things from. Like I can tell the difference intuitively like okay I'm feeling like not super heard like I need someone to listen to me it's like okay husband's like at work or distracted by something like okay I have I know which friend to go to with this thing like okay I need some like motherly love it's like I have different women I can go to for that but you know I I don't think I I wouldn't have any of that if I didn't have that self-awareness vulnerability intimacy tremendously skillful practice is to go to different places for different needs yeah Yeah. but again such it's it's a journey still learning it still making lots of mistakes along the way um but thank you so much I I know I have learned so much just in this last hour of talking to you and um, I'm sure everyone listening has gotten so much out of it as well. Um, If someone wants to work with you, as I said, definitely follow Katie on Instagram, but how can they connect with you? How can they find you? And maybe you can talk about some of the offerings that you have. Yes. So my Instagram is katieh.coach. I talked to the camera I try to every day, although <laughs> not oh, every you're day. You're great. You, you always have so much good stuff on there. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> and my website is katiehenrickscoaching.com. Um, I offer one-on-one coaching with private clients, which is probably like my very favorite thing to do. 
Um, I teach sensual feminine movement classes. I have a women's group that I host from the first to the through the fifth of every month. Um, it's my women's challenge and every month has a new, um, theme. So sometimes we talk about like healing or confidence or, um, sexuality or creating a desire led home or, um, sisterhood. And those are really great opportunities to feel a sense of community, um, kind of get your creative and your vulnerable juices flowing, kind of give you a little bit of a boost for your month. That's only 50 bucks. So it's kind of a great, efficient way to connect. Um, you can sign up for my newsletter on my front page of my website. Um, and I also offer discovery calls. If you're thinking about hiring a coach or working with me privately, we can always um, schedule a discovery call. And that's 20 to 30 minutes where we just figure out if we want to work together. And then just like you, I'm also on Hey Hero, where you can ask oh, yay. questions, book time with me, um, and connect that way. So amazing. Well, I feel like this is so up the alley of everyone that's listening. And I think, you know, like your challenge and getting involved in the community in that way, I think will be so helpful. So thank you so much, Katie. I'm going to put all of her info in the show notes so you can link right to her website, but um, thank you so much. And I loved having you on. Thank you for having me. It was fun. I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you loved it, I hope you'll leave a review and share with your friends. If you're not already following me on Instagram, head to at your breakup bestie, where I'm sharing new content almost every day. To join our Facebook group, Healing Hearts Club, where you can connect with thousands of people from all over the world going through breakups, head to the link in the show notes. And don't forget to check out my online courses for more in-depth help through your healing journey. I always end these episodes the same way, reminding you to be nice to yourself, stay connected with loved ones, and the biggest reminder is that this too shall pass. I promise. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.